If you have your Bibles, would you open them, please? Thank you for that. It's great. Psalm chapter 116. And I am excited. The next couple of weeks, we're going to do nothing but talk about developing a grateful heart or developing a thankful heart. And just studying these passages has helped me. And so I think it will be a couple different angles. Next week, we'll talk about grateful people and people in the Bible that were grateful and how they showed it as we're coming up on Thanksgiving. So we see in Psalm 116, we're assuming David wrote it and it doesn't have all the titles here, but notice what he says. Looking down in verse one, he says, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. So David just starts off or whoever this is saying, man, I just want you to know I love the Lord. And then he says in verse number 12, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? And so he asks this question. He says, what am I going to give back to God for all he's given me? And so he just asks himself this question. Uh, We use that word benefits a lot, especially if someone is getting a new job. They want to know, okay, that's the salary, but what's the the benefits and and what's, you know, the extras there? Well, David or whoever this is says, what am I going to give back to God for all he's given me? That's where a grateful heart begins, realizing the benefits, not that he's going to give you heaven, eternal life, but that he's already given you. Notice how David answers his own question. He says, what am I going to give him? And then he says in verse 13, I will take the cup of salvation. So it starts off with gratefulness and thankfulness is just getting saved. If you're thankful for the cross and the resurrection from the dead, you will get saved. Uh, Thankful people accept Christ as Savior. And uh, he says, I'll take the cup of salvation, call upon the name of the Lord. I'm going to talk to the Lord, not going to ignore him in my life. I'm going to be a person that's uh, uh, speaking to God all day long. Notice what else he says. Uh, You have it right there. Verse 14, I will pay my vows unto the Lord. David says, I've made some promises to the Lord and I'm going to keep them. He said, I'm so grateful. Some of those promises that I made. I just want you to know, I'm going to keep them. We are, we are good at making promises. Have you noticed? Good at making promises in emergency rooms. Sometimes at cemeteries. Sometimes at hospitals. Sometimes when, when we're at the end of our rope financially. I mean, I mean, they're even towing off the microwave. I mean, they've repossessed that. And sometimes it's, Lord, if you do this for me, you ever said anything like that? Nah, you wouldn't do it. Maybe just me. If you do this for me, then I promise I will. David says, I'm going to keep my promises. I'm going to keep them. I'm going to keep my promises. I love that. I'll pay my vows. Verse 14, in the presence of all his people. So David was saying, not only am I going to keep my vows, but I'm going to be in the midst of God's people. I'm going to be in church. That's what he's saying here because I'm grateful. Then he says in verse number 15, 16, O Lord, truly I am thy servant. Because I'm grateful, David is saying, I'm going to serve you. 
I'm going to do something for you. You have served me. Uh, you've set the example. I'm going to not just verbally do something. I'm going to physically do something. Verse 17 caps it off. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Look at that. That's a, that's, that's a great chapter to meditate on. Let me give you a few notes and uh, then we'll look at a few other uh, uh, verses quickly. So thanks. Where does it begin? It begins when you realize all you've been given. Amen. When you just realize someone said think equals thank. If we'll think, we will thank. Next, it is commanded. Scripture says, and everything, give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. So someone says, I just want to do the Lord's will. Well, here's one thing. Be a thankful person. Amen. Have gratitude. That's God's will for our life. Next, under there, thanksgiving. Notice those two words. It is connected. When someone is thankful, they will be giving. You cannot be thankful without returning that with some action, and the action is giving. So who are we to give thanks to? Who are we to, to give to? To God. Next blank, to others. To others. There is a offering, some of you have studied it in the Old Testament. There was the burnt offering. Uh, who's ever heard of that in the Old Testament? The burnt offering. Uh, what that is, that's usually when a couple gets married, that's the bride's first meal. No, that's not what that is. Some of you say, yeah, I remember that. I, yeah, I remember that burnt offering. And uh, so uh, anyway, but there was another offering and it was called the thanks offering. And here's what's cool about the thanks offering or the thank offering. They would, they, they would put the animal, they would divide the meat God would get all the fat because that was treasured. And then all the meat, once it was cooked, the person that offered it got it all. And here was the rule. God says, and you must eat it all today. So the thanks offering became, since it had to eat so much, it became a feast. I got to thinking, so a thankful person, life is a feast. Amen. And it's also called the peace offering. When a person is thankful, they will have more peace in relationships than people who are unthankful. All that ties together. I just love that. And so the blank there is feast. Three, three types of thanks. I want to give you these quickly. Three ways we can be thankful. Number one, verbal. We can say it. You know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, as you're soul winning and as you go to people's houses, I've noticed in the last few years, I'll see, I'll see signs like this on people's houses. Be grateful. Then I'm thinking, to who? To what? Someone said, an atheist has a hard day when he feels gratitude welling up in his heart, but has no one to thank. I've seen signs on people's yards, show thanks. See, there's no way to be thankful without believing in God. There has to be a recipient. 
It has to be a person here or there that we're given gratitude. Thanksgiving. That means you're giving it to somebody. If he doesn't exist, there's no such thing as thankfulness. And we'll get on that in just a moment. So there's verbal. Little boy, he was, he was at his grandma's house and she gave him a nice hot piece of apple pie. And he said, thank you. And she said, oh, I love it when little boys say thank you. He said, put a scoop of ice cream on top of it and I'll say it again. <laughs> so there is, there is verbal thankfulness. I, I remember as a kid, every Christmas morning, and when I was a kid, they didn't have cell phones. It was the landlines. The phone would ring before we opened our presents. My dad would pick up the phone and it would be something like this. Uh-huh. Oh, hey, how you doing? Well, it's the least I could do. Thanks for calling. Every year, a man called my dad on Christmas. I finally figured it out. I asked mom, I said, who is that dad? We get kind of teary-eyed. Well, years ago, there was a, a real bad car wreck on the highway. And the car flipped over. It was on fire. Your dad pulled the dad and the wife, and one of the kids out of the car. One of the kids was killed. And every year, that dad would call my dad on the phone to say, Thank you for saving our lives. We live in Florida now. Anytime you want to come down, you're welcome to stay with us. And, and, and we will never forget. And every year he called my dad on Christmas just to wish him Merry Christmas and say thank you. That's what we're talking about. Uh, that's a part of gratitude, being, being verbal. Uh, someone says, well I'm, well, I'm grateful. You know, I just don't express it. You want to be someone that expresses it. And uh, 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 say those words, thank you, and I appreciate you, or whatever, verbal. Number two, financial. Financial. So as we're showing thanks to God, that's, that's the tithe. That's, that's the offering. That's missions. And sometimes we show gratitude to others by giving physical gifts. It's not always money. Sometimes it's a gift. Sometimes it's uh, something we know they, they need. Sometimes they don't need it, but they want it. And sometimes it's just over the top. You just want them to die never forgetting something you gave them. Sometimes it's financial. And then sometimes it's eternal. Take your Bibles just for a moment. And I want you to see this for a second. In Revelation 4, sometimes it's hard to imagine what we'll be doing in heaven. You know, you know we talk about, well, we're going to walk on streets of gold. Then what? Well, we're going to serve the Lord. Then what? Well, we're going to, we're going to talk to David. Okay. And then what? You know, you know, it's hard to imagine a billion years. What are we going to be doing up in heaven? I know one thing. Look here, please. Just quickly. Uh, Revelation 4 and verse number 9. And when those beasts give glory and honor, that's these uh, uh, creatures, and thanks to him that sat on the throne... Who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders, that's us. That's Old Testament Christians, 12 tribes. New Testament Christians, 12 apostles, 24. Fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne. 
saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive, and so forth. So why are we throwing our crowns at Jesus' feet? It's a big thank you. It's a big thank you. Someone said our entire life ought to just be one big thank you to the Lord and to those who've invested in us. It's, it's not just verbal. The whole life is a thank you. Amen. And I love that thought. And then we see in Revelation 7.12. 7.12 and it says, and, 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 and this is us. And it says, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving. So that's something we're doing in heaven. We're giving thanks. We're thanking the Lord, probably for his salvation, his blood, someone reaching us, life, eternal life, preparing heaven, our new bodies, our, our loved ones. And then one other one in 11, uh, Revelation 11, verse 17 and this is us again, the four and twenty elders, which symbolizes all Christians up in heaven. Eleven seventeen, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art, wast, and art to come, because thou hast taken of thee thy great power and hast reigned. So one thing we're going to do for all eternity, we'll be saying thank you. Amen. Now, all of us are different, how we express it here. Some of you are more open. You're kind of the shouters halfway through an exciting sermon. You make glory to God. Others, it's just tears. So whatever personality you end up with in heaven, you'll still be able to thank him. You don't have to compare how you do things to someone else, but there'll be that grateful heart welling up. Now, here's what I like. And uh, look back, if you will, to the book of Esther. And where is that? Esther, Job, right before Job. And I want you to see something quickly. And we see in Esther uh, chapter number 6. So we're talking about expressing uh, thankfulness, expressing gratitude. And so we see in Esther chapter 6. Many of you know the story well, but I want to just include these verses. Um, the king has a coup. C-O-U. No, I mean, he's got these two pigeons, C-O-O, -O. okay. No, no, C-O-U-X, he's got this coup, he's got this rebellion. Some of his servants are going to take him out. Someone said, only in America can the words take them out mean going on a date <laughs> or killing somebody. Or, uh, anyway, so, but here it is. And, and so... So this happens and, and these men are found out and they're, and they're hung. So it's dealt with. So look here, please. Esther chapter 6, verse 1. On that night, could not the king sleep? How many of you, that would be your life's verse? I don't sleep very good at night. Okay. On that night, could not the king sleep? And he commanded to bring the book of records of the Chronicles. You say, what's Chronicles? That's usually the verses you skip when you're doing daily devotions. So-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so. Hard name, married hard name, moved to hard city and, and had kids in a, another hard city. You know, it's just, you know, you know, it's a lot of names. So here's a king. To me, it's kind of comical. He said, I can't sleep. Bring me the book of Chronicles. That'll put me to sleep. 
And all the Word of God is, is practical and helpful if we'll look deep enough. You know, God's not boring, but He brings the book of Chronicles. And they were read before the king, verse 2. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of Bigthana and T-Rex, T-Rex is this dinosaur, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door, who sought to lay hand on King Ahasuerus. These two conspirators were going to take him out. The king said, what honor and dignity hath been done to Mordecai for this? He's in bed. He's in his pajamas. Probably got his crown over here next to Got his teeth out on the table. They're reading Chronicles. He goes, wait a minute. Someone saved my life? Yes, sir. Mordecai did. I didn't hear about this. Well, it's, you know, a lot of stuff goes on. So what was done for this guy, Mordecai? What did, what, we, what did we do to pay him back for saving my life? He said there was nothing done. So the king says, well, we're going to do something. What a great lesson for us here, huh? There was nothing done for him. The Lord has done great things for us. Has anything been done for him? Some people have invested in our lives. From coaches to, to people that taught us to sew, to people that taught us life skills, how to work on a car, to those who led us to Christ, to those who discipled us, or whatever it is. Those that did something for us, has anything been done for them? What a great lesson right here. And when he said, nothing's been done for Mordecai, he said, okay, here's what we're going to do. And they came up with this great big plan and they're going to put his crown on him. He's going to ride through uh, the town with the, uh, the king's horse and, and, and people are going to hail him. And you don't have to do that to people. But I'm just saying, what a, what a great lesson here, huh? And then if you look over here in Genesis chapter 40, let's look back here for a moment. Genesis chapter 40. You're doing great, and we're going to be out early. Genesis 40, and looking down into verse number 23, Joseph is put in prison. He's done nothing wrong. He's trying to be a blessing. He interprets a butler's dream and a baker's dream, and, and one of the guys, you know, I'd hate to be the guy where he says, here's the interpretation. The king's going to behead you. <laughs> He's taken your head off. Tomorrow, I hate to tell you that. I would have said, don't interpret that dream. And the other guy, he's going to restore you. He's going to put you back to work. Well, the guy that lived and put back to work, notice what happened. Verse 22 and 23, Genesis 40, verse 22. But he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted to him. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. He helped him in a low time in his life. And it's just so easy for all of us. Amen. So easy. And he forgot him. Two years later, he goes, oh, now I re It's so easy to forget. We want to remember. We want to remember. Now, quickly here, let's look at these verses. The word unthankful is used about... Three times in Scripture. I just want you to see this. Let's look over to the book of Luke for a moment. Luke chapter number uh, 6. 
Luke chapter number 6. And we'll, we'll look at this for a moment. Luke 6. Here we are. Luke chapter 6. You're doing great. And staying with it. Thank you so much. Luke 6 and verse number 35. Well, how are you supposed to treat unthankful people? Well, someone's not thankful to me. I'll get even. I'll teach them a thing or two. But Luke 6.35, but love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your rewards shall be great. You shall be the children of the highest. Look how God is. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. You know, that, that, that mist we had, I don't know if we really had rain the other night, uh, maybe a little bit of mist, maybe a little bit of rain. God let it rain on the Christians' yards and he let it rain on the atheists' yards. Those who say, I don't even believe in you as it's raining. And then the rainbow comes out and the clouds disappear and the, the sun comes out or the, the moon at night. I don't believe in you. God's still kind to them. You know, we have such a great God when people don't ever even say thank you to him, he's still kind. Amen. That's amazing. Amen. You know, maybe if some of us were God, it would be drought on the atheist yards and blessings and rain on the Christians. No, God's not that way. He is so big, he can handle it. I, I just love it. And then if you look in Romans 1, this is a famous chapter. It's the decline of a civilization or a nation. And we see in Romans chapter 1, looking down into verse number 21, notice where it all starts to fall apart. And uh, the last uh, sins are uh, homosexuality and a lot of things like that. But notice Romans 1.21, because that when they knew God, our nation knew God, Israel knew God, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Here's where it started. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened, and it just goes downhill. But it all started with unthankfulness. There was a little boy. He was in a grocery store, and he was looking at these nice, shiny apples. And finally, the store manager came over and handed him one. And his mother said, son, what do you say to the nice manager? The little boy looked at the apple, held it up to the manager and said, peel it. Lack of teaching. Lack of training. Then let's look over to 2 Timothy chapter 3, if you will. The New Testament, 2 Timothy 3. We're not reading all these other ones, so don't, so don't, so don't uh, feel like, how long are we going to be here? Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's look down, please, to verse number 1 and 2. I don't know how many times... My phone's rang or someone's asked me in recent weeks, Pastor, is this it? Are we about to go up? Even Pastor Paul Chapel texted recently or blogged somewhere. He said, I'm not saying this is the end. But nothing else has to happen before we leave here. Notice what he says, 2 Timothy 3.1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. 
There it is right there, unthankful. And then let's look over and uh, look back to Luke 17. And I love this. This is the 10 lepers, the 10 lepers uh, that come to Jesus to be healed. Uh, Luke 17, just want to get his take on this. And uh, we're just about done. Thank you. Uh, Luke 17 in verse number 16. You know the story, the lepers come and uh, Lord have mercy upon us. And uh, Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. That means uh, you're healed. So let him examine you and confirm it. And then verse 16, 15, I'm sorry, 17, 15. One of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him what? Thanks. The leper didn't have money to give him. He probably just had his robe and his leprosy, but he gave him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus answered, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? If you want to stand out and be noticed in this world, be a thankful person. If you show gratitude, you'll be a thankful person. Years ago, when General Douglas MacArthur was leading the campaign in the Philippines and overseas and, and in Korea uh, during World War II. Highly decorated. What a guy. Uh, he's the guy that said, I shall return. And he did come back to help. He said after the war, he received a letter from a soldier. And it said, General, uh, uh, Dear General MacArthur, I just wanted to thank you for providing us clothing during the war, the uniform. Thank you for the meals that we got to eat. Thank you for letting us serve in the United States military. It was an honor. MacArthur said he received one thank you letter from all the servicemen that whole time. If you want to stand out, be a grateful person. And God wants us to be that way. So why did Bible people give thanks to God? Here's the blanks quickly. His deeds. Be thankful unto Him. Make known His deeds among the people. What, uh, what do we have to be thankful for? Because of what God's done. His deeds. Next, it says, Be thankful unto Him for His mercy endureth forever. We can be thankful for His mercy. Mercy is Him withholding judgment we deserve. Next, uh, be thankful unto Him. Uh, uh, make known his, his, his name. The end, His name. We can be thankful for what his name means, his name is good. Next, his goodness, Ezra 3.11. And give thanks for the goodness of the Lord. Next, his holiness. Give thanks at the uh, mention of his holiness. Next, his judgments. Uh, give thanks for, uh, be grateful for his judgments. God always makes the proper call. Psalm 92.1 says, it's a good thing to give thanks Unto the Lord. Then look at these last two verses just real quickly. Uh, let's look at Daniel chapter 2, if you would. Daniel chapter 2. I know we're jumping kind of all over the place, but want to give you just kind of the whole philosophy of a grateful heart, developing a grateful heart. Now you help me. What do we know about Daniel? Just real quick. Uh, what do we know about this guy? Okay, throwing in the lines then. What else do we know about Daniel? It's 12 chapters. What do we know about this guy? Okay, kidnapped or he was taken hostage to, to a different country. What else do we know? Had a great prayer life. What else do we know about Daniel? 
He stood out, okay? So he was in the minority, he took a stand. So notice here, I would think, so, so Daniel is in Jerusalem. Uh, he's, he's one of the king's kids or one of the politician's kids. He's in the upper echelon. He's being trained to maybe run the Senate, be a congressman, maybe run for president one day. I mean, that's what he's being trained to do. Now his city's burned. He's in chains. He is now taken, not going too far with this, but guess who was in charge of him? The master of the eunuchs. You never read about Daniel having a, a wife or having a family. So now he's in politics, but he's lost his family, lost his temple. He's lost his homeland. They've changed his name. They've changed his language. They've changed his eating habits. I think I'd have been pretty grumpy. Wouldn't you? If North Korea conquered our country, took every one of us to North Korea, made us live there, worship their gods, learn their language, man, I wouldn't be a very happy camper, would you? So notice what it says in Daniel. Daniel chapter number 2 and verse number 23. He's praying. He says, I thank thee and praise thee. Daniel was thankful. What do you think he had to be thankful for? Well, I can say this. He wasn't killed when Nebuchadnezzar took over. He did have life. Uh, he, he, had, he had provision. He had food. Uh, he had some companions, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He wasn't alone. God was still there. He knew he had the hope of heaven. He had a lot to be thankful for. And then we see... Uh, looking a little bit further in chapter 6 and verse 10. I know some of you are fading. Here it is. Then when Daniel knew the writing was signed, he went to his house, his windows being open, his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day, prayed, and there it is, gave thanks. God wrote that down. He didn't just pray and spend time with the Lord. Twice it says he gave thanks. Daniel had developed a grateful heart. A lot of things he didn't have anymore. But he had some things he could be grateful for. He was still saved. Still saved. So how do you do that? We've got maybe four minutes. Thank God for what he's done. If we stop right now and we never had another blessing, we've got enough blessings to shout in heaven for all eternity. If he never did another thing for us. So sometimes God does something for us. You don't have a lot of blessings going on. Look back over your shoulder and remember some things he's done. Close calls. Healings. The, uh, salvation. Loved ones that God saved. People you're going to spend eternity with up in heaven. An education. Breaks that God gave you. And I don't mean broken leg, broken neck. You, you know what I'm talking about. Thank him for what he's done. Next, he's doing. You know, God, we'll go to sleep tonight. God will still be working. He'll be working in our hearts. He'll be working in our nation. He'll be working in our loved ones' hearts. What he's doing and what he will do. You know, you can thank him that one day the trumpet's going to sound. One day the dead in Christ will rise. And one day we're leaving this behind. We have a lot to be thankful for. It helps you enter his presence. Psalm 95.2 says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. 
You want to feel close to the Lord? Just start thinking. Just, he loves it. He loves it when we're, oh, you're thankful for what I did? It helps him draw close. And then I want to give you this. We're not going to turn to it. Philippians 4, 6, where he says, help me with the first word. Philippians 4, 6. Be not. I don't have the whole Bible memorized. Let your request be known. Yeah, be careful for nothing, but let your request be. Yeah, yeah, with thanksgiving. So what he's saying in Philippians 4, 6 says, let there be a lot of thank yous in your prayers. A lot of thank yous, not just, all right, Lord, it's me. And here's a list of what I need. He said, I don't know how to pray. Just start with what he's done, Amen. what he's doing, Amen. what he's going to do. Amen. And you got a pretty good start. Then I want to just kind of shock you a little bit with this. Look over to Jonah chapter 2. Jonah chapter 2. Who spoke on Jonah? Wasn't that Brother Bartlett? Maybe it was him. But Jonah chapter 2 for a moment. And you're not going to believe this verse. You'll believe it happened, but I don't know if you'll believe it. Where's Jonah? What page? What are we on? What page? Okay. All right, here we are. Page 1088. I don't know if that's your, your brand Bible, but Jonah chapter 2. Look at this. You ready? I, I just love it. Jonah is in the whale. Now try to imagine him for a moment. Okay. He's in the whale's belly. Okay. Guess what he calls it? Hell. Wonder why. Hell has Fire. You think the gastric digestive juices, those acids, may have been burning Jonah, his fair complexion skin? I think it's like, I'm on fire! As that whale says, oh, 10,000 feet, here we go. He was falling. He didn't have a little candle like they have in the cartoons. Where am I? <laughs> I'm in the belly of a well. It was pitch black. Like hell, chains of darkness. Look what it says in chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed. You remember he's running from God. So now he's praying. Think he's kneeling? I don't know. Is he laying down? I don't know. Is he praying toward Jerusalem? Think he had his compass? Where? Which ways? Do, who knows? But I know he was calling out to God. Verse 2. In the belly of hell, thou heardest my voice. The waves pass over me. Verse 5. The waters come past me about. I feel like I'm drowning. The weeds are wrapped about my head. He is praying in this belly. Now he's getting right with the Lord. Look at this. Verse 9. The shocker. Verse, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. Amen. I will pay that which I vowed. Salvations of the Lord. So Jonah says, I hadn't been thankful, had I, have I been? I'm going to be thankful. Guess what happens next? That well throws him up and he comes out preaching. I love that. 
the voice of thanksgiving. So part of someone getting right with the Lord is being thankful again. Thankful again. Developing a thankful heart. I hope that we'll be grateful people. Not just Thanksgiving time. Not just Christmas time. All the time. All the time.